Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy and uh, joining me again this week, um, Grape Viney, good evening. Uh, good evening, Andy. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. And also joining us, um, back by popular demand, uh, Whispering Jack. G'day, Whispering. Yes, g'day, Andy. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, but this show can only go downhill uh, from last week's uh, amazing uh, episode, the interview with the great Alan Jakovich. Alan who? <laughs> I thought you might say that. Uh, great Viney, have you... Uh, how has your week been, uh, your Alan Jakovich at this week been? Well, more importantly, how's your week been? You were the one who was in the spotlight uh, for two days. It was a two-day story. It was that big. And uh, it was just great to see, and we weren't surprised, really, that uh, it was picked up um, in the media, obviously on the AFL website and uh, SEN too. Uh, so it was just great. And as people have commented on the website, um, Jakovic couldn't have been better talent. Um, his memory was uh, great on all those incidents, um, and he, he was so generous with his time, so it was just great. Still uh, still buzzing from it, as I'm sure many Demon Landers are. Yeah, so we um, we obviously, as you mentioned, we did get picked up uh, by AFL.com and SEN, and it was great. To, you know, I had my 15 minutes of fame without having my name out there, but it did feel good when it got picked up. I mean, I'm not out there to get fame or anything like that, but it was just nice for the podcast to be recognised for, and in particular, Alan Jakovic, because it was all about him. It wasn't about us. Um, you know, we got him there, but uh, it was all about him. He spoke fantastically, and um, yeah, it couldn't have been prouder of what we, you know, of putting that out there. So uh, yeah, well done to... How do we follow up from here? Well, we don't. Uh... <laughs> somehow summons Norm Smith, or the ghost of Norm Smith, perhaps. Well, if we could possibly uh, summon uh, him via Ouija board and get him to lift the curse, um, yeah, that, that that would certainly be a... Um, that would certainly beat the Alan Jackovich interview, for sure. Or perhaps, uh, if I may suggest, perhaps all of those thousands of people who are now listening in to us could uh, ring in and make a suggestion who they would like to hear on the podcast and... Uh, we might be able to invite somebody along uh, among those popular Melbourne personalities of past and present. Um, perhaps uh, someone like Joseph Goodnick <laughs> comes to mind. Well, it's all—it's not really a problem of uh, coming up with suggestions on who to uh, have on the show. It's uh, actually getting them on, which uh, can be the problem. So, um, yeah. If you I could mean... interview one person, Whispering Jack, who would it be? One one demon personality. Oh well, my my favourite always was Ron Ronald Dale Barassi, the greatest demon ever. Six premierships, what a fantastic player! Um, and I was lucky enough to have witnessed him play. Yeah, uh, and he he was yes better better than Alan Jakovic for most of his uh, illustrious career. Well, it, it, Ron would certainly be a, a great person to get. Um, and, yeah, uh, don't know how you'd go about that. I, I doubt he has any social media um, 
uh, out there. But um, yeah, well, we'll see what we can do with that. If if someone does want to join us on the program and you want to talk about anything, we're going to talk about them. We're going to do our belated uh, trade week uh, wrap up. Uh, obviously, having Alan Jakovic on last week, we weren't able to get to uh, trade talk, so we are a little bit late on that. But, um, yeah, I think everyone can understand that last week we had to do what we had to do. Uh, if you want to join us, 039016 uh, 9016-366, or Skype us, Demonland31. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we talk about. Uh, we'll be talking about Lever. We'll be talking about Watts and um, Harley Balick. Um, did we find out how to say his name? Is it Balich or Balik? Great, Brian. Uh, did you do your homework? I've got no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> well, maybe we someone could have asked Alan Jakovic. Um, yeah, he might have known he, that. He might have known it could be from that part of the world. So we might jump into. Um, uh, oh, also, if anyone is listening to this live, we live. We uh, we have this going out live on demonland.com. Um, go to the chat room if you want to have a chat with us and ask questions that way. Uh, demonland.com slash podcast. Um, yeah, so we might uh, jump straight into the pool. Um, our first, we'll go with our first trade of trade week, um, and let's talk about the Jake Lever trade. Now, I was, you know, I wanted to get Jake Lever. Um, I think he's going to be a, a very handy addition to the team. Um, I put up on uh, Demoland some highlights that uh, Adelaide put out there when it was his 50th game, and he's just a tremendous player, and I think we had to do whatever we could to secure him. But was the price of two first-round draft picks too high? I'll, um, I'll throw to you, Grape Viney, first. What are your thoughts on what we had to give up to uh, secure him? No, look, it would have been preferable, obviously, if it had been a first and second rounder, but really to quibble over the cost of a, um, a proven um, youngster who's got 10 years left in him uh, and who, by all accounts, has the standards and preparation and attitude of a Jack Viney, um, I, I can't believe that posters are still um, are still quibbling over it. Um, you know, it's like getting a great car and paying an, an extra couple of hundred um, than you might otherwise. Uh, so I'm not concerned about the price at all. Whispering Jack, what are your thoughts? Uh, did we did we go too high? Did is the price too high for for him? No, I, d I don't think so. I, I tend to agree with Grapeviney here. Um, Jake Lever is a player that I think Melbourne was interested in all the way back to even before the 2014 National Draft. Uh, in 2013, he was already playing for Vic Metro in the National Carnival as an underage player, and I think he may have had a leadership role, and um, that's how highly thought of he was then as a 16-, 17-year-old. And I, I think Melbourne was interested, interested enough to offer up Jack Tringo for a trade with Richmond all that time ago um, so that they could be in a position to draft Lever. Um, and as it turned out, um, uh, Jack Trengove uh, Failed met, the, <laughs> met the Richmond doctor and that was history. Uh, but we could have had Jake Lever back then. Um, all right, so three years down the track, he's basically been trained um, 
matured, spent 50 games and he's ready for the best part of his career, which could be another 10 years. And I think he was a bargain. And I, I just think that we have tended at Melbourne to be uh, inured to the fact that we like these early draft picks, but historically we haven't done very well with them. And um, as we can see, just a few days after we secured Jake Lever, we said goodbye to Jack Watson, got in return a pick 31. Um, so that's a an early draft pick that didn't work out. Um, I'm hoping that our number one draft pick of next year is going to be around about 19, so Adelaide, a welcome to him. Um, and, uh, yes, so I think we, we, we did well with Lever, his leadership, his, you know, a professional young footballer. He's going to be great. Um, yeah, I, I look, I tend to agree with both of you. Um, I did really, my, my wish was that we would uh, get away with the uh, first round and the second round next year. Um, but I, I just, you know, having a look at, um, at his, uh, highlights, he's just going to slot so well into that team and, uh, really give us that push towards a, a premiership tilt. So, um, yeah, I think I'll wear, wear it. Um, I'm, well, our record at the draft table, um, hasn't been great. Um, that it's been better in the whispering Jack's right. Um, supporters need to cut the umbilical cord uh, to the high draft picks. Um, we're still, uh, you know, some some people just can't let go of that. And we've now got a very good young list and it's time to start getting results now rather than uh, always looking to the draft and the future and the future and the future. Look, Hawthorne, um, for years... Uh, had success without having to go uh, to the draft to get that. Um, and I think where we've got to look at is, um, is draft smartly in the picks that we've got and also trade smartly as well um, in the coming years. So, um, hmm. Yes, and that sets up for next year. I think we're going to have a tilted uh, a free agent because... Getting a free agent doesn't cost you anything and we could, uh, if we choose wisely and work on it from a very early stage, um, attract perhaps a very good free agent who would not come at a, with any price tag and um, therefore uh, would be more meaningful than perhaps your pick 15, 16 or whatever um, that we might have with that first round pick next year. And I know a lot of people have said, oh, it's going to be a great draft next year. And I think super that applies draft. to the first year super draft. But I, I think that applies to the players who are going to get drafted in the first three or four. Um, and I'd hate to think that we think we're going to be down there. Yep. All right, so uh, that, that's Jake Lever sewn up. I can't wait to see him uh, get back from, uh, I think he's over uh, in Europe at the moment. I can't wait to see him get back down to the club, put on a, a you know a Melbourne jumper um, and have a, a proper introduction. I'm sure they'll do a, an interview and a bit of a package when he comes back. Um, now, that, before well, one, we... One last thing on Lever, yep. and it speaks to his character, I think, and we heard Tex 
um, yes. you know, really rubbishing him in the media. But I read that he'd he'd actually called um, most of his teammates, yep. as in most of the Adelaide list, yep. uh, and to Ted, personally and tell them well. that he was going. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that, that says a lot about his character. Yeah, he could have just, um, you know, turned up and gone, up yep. and, gone and uh, gone to the tip and thrown out all his uh, his gear uh, <laughs> and just left. But uh, no, he did ring uh, ring them before. Now, uh, that one one thing I wanted to bring up about, um, you know, they had that photo of Lever um, in the Melbourne gear, and it to me it appeared that he had taken that, you know, while he was away. How did they get Melbourne gear to him so quickly? Did they have gear over there? Did someone maybe give him a package to take with him um, on the hope that we would um, that that we would actually get the trade deal done, which we did, obviously did? Uh, how, how did he get into that Melbourne gear? Did he take a photo before he left? Um, what, 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 what Tim Watson criticised Melbourne for not... Yeah, not not, doing roll, that, but not rolling him out of him in the yep. polo top. Yeah, 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 it's out there. It, it did happen. It's not fake news. Um, and, but, and that was the day that it was announced. Yeah, the day after. Day after. So. So, but that's what I want to know. How how did that photo eventually? Like that's why I want to know the story behind that photo. And maybe uh, one day we'll get to interview uh, Jake Lever and uh, ask him that question. Well, I think the answer is that they're that they're actually selling. Melbourne jumpers and Melbourne gear in, on the French <laughs> Riverina. Um, in Saint-Tropez, if you go into any fashion shop, you will get a nice red and blue jumper with probably with number four on the back. Well, well that's another question. <laughs> Before we move on to the next player, what number do you think uh, Lever will get? Will, will he take the number four or uh, will he go for a vacant number eight, uh, vacant number nine? Um, yep. Which is the Some prime, prime real estate yeah, is available there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll, he'll get a low number, I'm sure. Well, there's nothing wrong with number 31, but no, you know, it's, it's, a, had a, it's had a bit of a curse, <laughs> I think. So, yeah, maybe pick 31 can get number 31. Yeah, that's a that's not a bad idea. <laughs> and as George on the outer points out, Lever's the only 2017 All Australian squad player uh, to change clubs. Over yeah. the period, and uh, we've got him. So. And it doubled our number of uh, All Australian 2017 inductees. So um, well done to us. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room, um, uh, Jack Watts. Um, all right, um, there's a lot to be said about Jack. Um, we all know he's a great bloke. Uh, we all know um, everything he went through with the D's. We know that he has the ability. Uh, we've seen it. We haven't seen it consistently, which uh, has been something that's, you know, sort of... <clears throat> for me, that's always been my criticism of him, that that he doesn't do it consistently. But I've always stuck up to him, to, to my non-Melbourne mates, that say, he'll get there, he'll eventually get there. Now, 2016 was a great example. He had a fantastic year. Um, and beginning of this year was... Probably not as say, not as good as his 2016, but he still showed a lot uh, early on in the year. But injury took him down, and then we know what happened after then. Um, does you know? So obviously the coaching staff, well, in particular the coach, doesn't didn't want him there for whatever reason. Now, and judging by what we what we got for him. 
or what we were willing to accept for him. They wanted to get rid of him at any cost. Now, <laughs> what what can you guys add add to that? Well, you sound like you're being very careful with your words here. Um, perhaps it's because you might have uh, read some of the 275 <laughs> pages on the Jack Watts farewell thread well, on Demonland. Uh, um, I thought an astonishing number of Melbourne supporters were extremely upset that he was leaving. Um, so if you take away the name Jack Watts and you say, well, a player who has played for nine years at a club and in those nine years played 150 games and got 13 Brownlow votes, I don't think uh, you'd get nearly 70% of the supporters saying we shouldn't trade him. Uh, it's a bit of a phenomenon and... I don't know whether the club understood how popular Jack Watts was among the supporters, and uh, I'm sure uh, there's a lot of uh, food for thought and discussion among psychologists and analysts uh, at some time in the future about exactly how Jack Watts was revered by so many of the supporters. Um, and I don't think too many other players leaving other clubs could have um, gotten such emotion-charged feelings. I agree with you, but do you keep somebody because they're revered by the supporter base? And he's a great bloke. He's the type of guy at every fun day, family day, whatever, he's there taking photos with kids. He'll always talk to, you know, he's not why Every function I went to, and I spoke to him a couple of times in groups of, with groups of people, always happy to chat and talk and all that. But do you keep someone because of that, or do you go by their performance and their output? and how consistent they are. I mean, I think we want to win a premiership. Um, you know, we want the best players available. And you can argue he is a great player, but are we seeing that week in, week out? And, I mean, he's the guy I want um, kicking the ball in the grand final when the siren's gone, we're five points down, he's 50 metres out. But Are you a Port Adelaide supporter? No, but no, I'm just saying he was that guy. And oh, right. But... Is he the guy that's going to even get us to a grand final? I don't know. I don't think so. So what use is he to, to take the ball at the grand final if um, he can't get us there? I don't, I don't know. I'm a bit conflicted, but I can see. I, I understand why, why he's not there anymore. Uh, great Viney. Uh, um, well, what said very early on in his career, there's an article in The Age back in probably about 2010, that he wasn't all that bothered by losing, and I think uh, I think that's probably still the case. And I think probably you know he's got a certain perspective on life, and he's probably lucky to have this perspective. It's not a perspective that many have um, of seeing the bigger picture and not sweating the small stuff. But I think in elite sport, it probably works against him, and. Uh, you know, I think that uh, two or three or four or five percent um, uh, difference in sort of attitude and preparation and competitive edge um, is uh, is what's separating him from uh, you know from the rest of the list in, to, in the eyes of the football um, department. There was a quote that he made, and it relates to what you just said about that uh, quote in 2010. 
but just after he got traded, he made a comment about something about football not being his life and not being yep. the main focus. And, like, I don't know. I, I, I know someone like uh, Jack Viney. Uh, football is his life. He lives and breathes and eats and drinks it um, all day, and he plays like it too. So, I don't know. Something didn't sit with me right. I know players have to have a, a life outside of football, but, you know, it is their job and... I don't know. There was something that just rubbed me the All wrong right. way when he said that. Well, the, the exact quote was, football is not my life. Yep. Now, this was from the Herald Sun. Being a good person, treating people with respect and trying to be a kind, welcoming person is more important. I guess it hasn't helped me much in the football industry. And <laughs> I, I think he's right. Um, I think the real winners in football are the ones who have the philosophy that football is their life. Um, and, and yep. you know, I respect Jack for all of that, but perhaps it's because of the attitude that football is not his life and that he doesn't um, put enough into his preparation that finally soured um, his relationship with the football department. I wouldn't put it down to just the coach, but I think all of the football department. And I want to go back a little bit further, say something like about 14 or 15 years ago, and us Melbourne supporters had a lot of fun with um, a word that Neil Danaher used at one stage. His, his catch cry was, we have got to be ruthless um, in order to get up to the top four and be within uh, range of winning a premiership. And we never were ruthless. That's the fact of, of the matter. Um, we let people like Scott Thompson go rather easily. We weren't tough on a lot of players. We, we never had that ruthless streak that the Hawthorns had after their line in the sand uh, game that made them such a great club for such a long time. And I think if you look at it, the way... Melbourne handle Jack Watts. Whispering, we're we're losing you a little bit. Um, I might uh, whispering. We just lost you for a bit there. What I might do is uh, I might call you back on your um, on your mobile phone, and we'll continue that way because a few times you have dropped out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna unceremoniously dump you there, and I'll give you a call back. Um, Cheerio. Well, all right, I'll call you back in a sec. All right, while we're uh, getting um, whispering uh, back on the line, um, uh, it'll probably uh, play the call sounds. Hopefully, uh, picks it up straight away. It doesn't leave me hanging. Um, Hello. Oh, you're back. I'm back. <laughs> all right, that's better. Maybe maybe we'll keep it on the uh, on the mobile. Um, yeah. Sorry, I dropped off to sleep while I was ranting there. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, what did people hear? I don't know. I, I tuned out at the, when you started oh, talking. All right. I, I was just talking about being ruthless, which was the catch cry of Neil yeah, Danner. we heard that. And, and I, I think this, um, this, the way the club's dealt with Jack Watts, it's somewhat ruthless. Got a lot of people, um, got their noses out of joint and... Uh, Hopefully it'll pay dividends uh, in 12 months' time because I think the message is now sent to all and sundry that you really have to treat 
your football a little bit more seriously than not everything in life is footy. Um, so that's my feeling. Uh, I wouldn't say that to junior kids, but uh, once you get into the AFL system and you're elite, you've just got to strive for the top. It's not enough just to play football. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. So, <clears throat> look, this isn't uh, us bashing uh, Jack Watts, um, you know. I, I, really, I really like the guy and I wish him all the best and I thank him for the service that he did give us. He played during, you know, a terrible period um, for, for the club and, you know, you know well, you know, he <laughs> at times gave it his all. So, um, yeah, we wish him all the best. Um, there were a lot of people sort of saying that perhaps because of Jack Watts leaving that the, the players, the rest of the playing group, you know, aren't on board with um, with the coach and the coaching staff anymore. Now, I just want to uh, uh, alert people to Christian Petrarca's, or Petrika, as a great Melbourne great referred to him uh, last week, um, his Instagram photo. Uh, uh, Petrarca posted a, a photo from, and I'm not sure if you guys have seen this on Instagram, but they were, I think they're in New York yep. at the moment. Um, they were eating at a, a very nice establishment, Tao, uh, downtown in uh, New York. And I've been there. Yeah, you would have. A very nice yeah. um, Chinese-Asian fusion restaurant. Uh, picture with uh, Dom Tyson, Christian Petraka, James Harms, uh, some other bloke who must just be a mate, uh, and Goody. And I, reckon, and I reckon there might have been a Buddha in the background. I'm sure there was. Um and uh, Christian Pracker says, Oi, goody, put that on the club card. So they've gone out to dinner. That's quite an expensive restaurant as well, I, I'm, I might add. Um, so, yeah. Well, you know, what this, you know what this shows? This shows just how serious the split is within the club, that goody has had to fly all the way over <laughs> to New York and shout uh, some of the boys to a very expensive dinner <laughs> while begging them to stay at Melbourne, basically. <laughs> I like your... my uh, reading of it. I like your conspiracy theory. I'll take it one step further and have a look at the uh, body language between Dom Tyson and uh, Simon Goodwin, and it's uh, oh, not good at all, uh, Dom Tyson's <laughs> arms are crossed. Uh, you know, he's not smiling. Very closed. Um, Very closed. Yeah, so... Um, he, might have, mm. he might have had a dodgy dim sim. <laughs> he might have. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, you know, it's good that, um, you know, goodies getting out there amongst the players and uh, enjoying the off-season and hopefully they come back and uh, they're fo very focused on the task um, at can hand. I, can I just say, you I can. think the criticism, there's been a lot of criticism on Demon Land of the way the club handled it, but I, I think they've handled it well. They've been ruthless, as whispering said. Yep. But, you know, there's two fundamental things here. One is you can't trade a player in secret. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't uh, can't do it behind closed doors. And two, you can't trade a, a popular player and a player who's got value um, without giving your supporters a reason for um, why you're doing it. And that's what the club did. And I think um, uh, Marnie's communication and uh, uh, Peter Jackson um, on radio yesterday uh, have spelled it out uh, very clearly. Do you think the... Um the fact that they came out and said, I'm not sure how it was um, how it was worded, but they said something to the effect of, 
we've you know told Jack to explore his options. Um, do you th- what do you think of that as the the way that was how they sort of that came out, particularly in the media and then to the supporter base. Could they have handled that better, or is that the way? Um... No, I think that form of words is fine. I mean, I work in in spin, basically, yeah. And there's no other way to spin this. And I think they the words were the words were fine. Um, I, I don't think you can find fault with them. And uh, you know, I note that for all these people who are criticising the way the club, um, you know, sort of managed it, no one's offered a viable alternative. Um, uh, you know, narrative for how it might have unfolded. So, yeah, I think that criticism is uh, unfair. Well, I can see from a lot of comments, particularly on the Milan Facebook page, when this was all going down, any time we posted something that wasn't even Jack Watts related, we get 10s, 20s, 30s of comments saying, keep Jack Watts, I can't believe you're getting rid of Jack Watts. People confusing the Demonland account for the official account, saying, you know, horrible things about uh, what we're doing to Jack Watts. And, um, you know, there's people that don't understand maybe the situation and the, you know, and just seeing it as the, you know, how could they do this to the golden child of the club? Like, um, and... Yeah, they don't know anything else, but he's the poster boy of the club, and we're getting rid of him. Um, I don't think there's any way to spin it to these uh, to those people. Um, well, I can, under- I can understand why they're angry. Bagging him, which they didn't do. Uh, you know, you've got to try and sort of make it make it sound like he's valued and loved and wanted. Yeah, but in truth, you're actually pushing him out the door. So, you know. Um, you're sort of treading a, a bit of a balance in the, yeah. in the words that you you're limited in the words that you can use. There was right? no way to spin it in a in a positive light. I think they just had to take the um, that hit, and there are still people who I can see on our um, on our Demonland Facebook that are saying they want because of that they won't buy a membership next year, which to me is ludicrous. Like we've always said, you know, the club is uh, above the individual and. Um, yeah, it's ludicrous to me, but there are people who have that feeling out there, and hopefully they come back when the success uh, is there. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if uh, the reaction might have been different if um, we would have received pick number fifteen instead of thirty-one. Um, there are a lot of people feel that, or it goes back to this um, virtual love affair that we seem to have with early draft picks. Well, well. That, Obviously, yeah. to get pick 31, only get pick 31, um, we weren't going to get, I don't think anyone, certainly not Geelong, Port was the only team that seemed to be actively interested and they um, were only willing to give 31. I don't think we could have got anything lower out of them. But then you have a look at um, Bryce Gibbs, who's 29 years old. Uh, he's only got a couple of years left. And look what he was able to get. Um and he's a number one draft pick, and he probably, I mean, maybe Adelaide paid a bit overs for that, but he's, I think he's worth is a lot more than, than Jack Watts. Well, obviously, um, Carlton and Adelaide thought that, but, um, I mean, if you have a look, Jack, um, and I, I don't want to demean him, but 13 Brownlow votes in nine seasons. I don't know how many Bryce Gibbs got, but probably there were seasons when he got more than 13 in one season. 
uh, and it could have been even last year. But uh, he's certainly a, a midfielder um, who gets plenty of possessions, uses the ball almost as well as Jack Watts, is um, retained his value. Um, yep. I was just trying to look up Bryce Gibbs's uh, Brownlow uh, Brownlow votes. I think he got eleven, you know 11 this year. Watts. It doesn't matter which side of the debate you're on. Everyone at some point is going to be able to say, "I told you so." Uh, at some time over the next sort of twelve months, uh, Melbourne will either stall or look like they're going backwards. You know, we might have a game where we kick you know, 10 goals, 25, and everyone will say Melbourne shouldn't got, shouldn't have got rid of uh, Jack Watts. Um, it was a mistake. And then in two years' time or three years' time, uh, when we win a flag, someone like Dermot Brereton or David King will write an article and say yeah. the seeds of this premiership were sown uh, when Melbourne moved on Jack Watts. So um, I can foresee both of those um, things happening in the future. From your lips to uh, Alan Jakovic's ears. Um, Bryce Gibbs has had 80 uh, career Brownlow votes. Uh, but he is a midfielder and, uh, you know, they do play in different positions. So it's not exactly a, a fair comparison. He's, he's but, older uh, than Watts. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yes, and, and someone did point out that uh, I think Jesse Hogan already in his 50 games, that's a third of Jack Watts's career and it's certainly been an interrupted uh, career on Jesse's part has already got 14 Brownlow votes so th- there's a comparison. Uh, it is um, I wasn't aware of that, uh, thank you uh, for that uh, demon land um, Alright, well we might move on from, from Jack, um, hopefully it's not a, you know, <laughs> they prove, he proves us wrong um, and and yeah, I wish him all the best at, at Port but uh, yeah, I certainly don't want to uh, uh, Regret that, but uh, yeah, good luck to to Jack in his new colours. Um, I, and I've got no ill f- feeling towards him. I, I, d- I don't. There's no way he'd get booed if uh, he came to the G. Um, I, I, I certainly wouldn't. So, yep. But then again, he didn't leave. He <laughs> really leave us. So, yeah, you can't uh, blame him. Um, now we gave up pip, pick sixty six. For uh, Harley Balik, um, I think that's uh, a, a good good move. Um, if he can find that, you know, his form in, um, you know, from the what's what's that uh, competition, the TAC Cup, is that what it's still called? Yep, played for Sandringham Dragons. Um, yep. Well, whispering, you you would know about him. Can you give us a bit of a insight into him? You being our draft maven. Well, um, in his last year, which is only what, a couple of years ago, to 2015, uh, he started off, um, I think the first half of that season was regarded as a top 10, top 20 pick, maybe. Um, he's a midfielder, uh, basketball background, very highly thought of, and then he started getting injuries late in that year and he slid right down to 38 and he was unlucky, unlucky enough to be picked up by Fremantle. Um, and for a, a boy that had a close family, 
uh, it was a bit hard. His first season in uh, in WA, he was basically recuperating from another wrist injury. Uh, so you could imagine it would be pretty tough on a young kid, uh, taken at the age of 18 or 19, living interstate, um, not really being part of a club in terms of going to trainings. So... Yeah, I heard that. I heard that he uh, not only was he recuperating from an injury, but the first surgery that he had was a botched surgery, or or something to that effect. That it uh, wasn't done properly, um, and he had to have another surgery um, to repair that surgery. So uh, I remember just reading that. Uh, so I'm sure that uh, that certainly didn't help. Um, and what do you think about this whole, the whole go home factor? Um, do you think uh, once he's home, that 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 aspect of it, um, yeah, how how tough do you think that is on on a player? And um, you know, does that does that show other weaknesses? Is it a bad sign? Uh, or once he's home, all that'll be forgotten. Well, in the case of Balik, um, certainly we hope it's going to help. Uh, let's not forget that early this year he played a few games, including one against Melbourne, which was in which he was very impressive. He kicked a goal and uh, played very well, and that game possibly cost Melbourne a place in the top eight. So, well, that, that uh, goal certainly. Uh, if he hadn't kicked that goal, we, we would have well, made the top right. eight. That's it. So um, no, there's another three points on top. Of no, that, but so we, we would have if, if we didn't just get no, those extra three points. We would have gotten ha- rid of Balak. No, no, and we will make the finals. No, we would have had that. That if he hadn't kicked that goal, we would have had an extra win, meaning we'd uh, be in the finals. So that's yes, what I mean. We would, percentage right. would not have mattered. And unceremoniously dumped in the first game, probably, by the Swans, who um, went on to beat Essendon by about 80 points. And I think we might have suffered the same fate. Well, we deserve to be thrashed that day, not Essendon. Well, that's right. (laughs) It would have been a wonderful thrashing. Um, Yeah, so I'm looking But as you say, pick 66, very low risk. Uh, if it comes off great, what you'd be hoping for is, you know, the kind of season that sort of Mitch Hannon had sort of just a, you know, Hannon kind of came out of the blue really, um, debuted round one and um, was hardly out of the side after that. So you sort of hope that, uh, that um, Ballack can sort of make the same kind of uh, quick, quick impact um, uh, injury and fitness um, permitting. Yeah, right, but... But Mick Hannon was pick 46, not 66. You know, there's a big difference. Um, has anyone on Demon Land complained about losing 66? <laughs> not yet. Not until, well, not until pick 66 uh, wins a Norm Smith medal uh, for right. Fremantle. Well, any, anyone know? Last year, Fremantle actually did have pick 66, so uh, they picked up Luke Ryan from Coburg. And uh, no doubt he'll probably be back at Coburg pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not homesick, is he? <clears throat> well, I don't know. Um, 
All right. If anyone wants to give us a uh, call and talk about Jack Watts, Jake Lever, Harley, um, 03-90163-666. That's 03-90163-666. Or Skype us, Demonland31. We'd love to hear your thoughts. People uh, definitely have a lot to say on the forum and on Facebook, so it'd be lovely to hear your voice and put a, uh, a voice to a screen name. Um, now, we've got... Coming up next week, uh, on Tuesday, the draw, uh, the full draw, will be released. Um, what are your What are your wishes, uh, Grape Viney? Uh, what do you want to see in that uh, draw? If you could have three, five wishes, what would you like? First one would be uh, a game against Collingwood in round one. Yep. Uh, you know, on to the Saturday, tone. perhaps. To atone um, for, for the final round. Well, one to atone for the final round, but mainly to as a return fixture on QB. Yep. Um, and then you have, you know, sort of gate sharing, I suppose, over the two games and to get that locked in um, because that would then give us effectively two blockbusters in the first month yep. once you take into account the Richmond and Zach Eve yep. game, which was on a Tuesday this year, next it year. So. seems like that's being locked in as well. Yep. Um, so and, so and to I, open up the season yeah. with two, you know, 75,000-plus um, crowds uh, would be great. Um, we want, and this shouldn't even be a request, but given we got lumped with it last year, uh, we don't want you know, um, five, six-day breaks in a row again. Yeah, I think they would have made that clear, you would think. Yeah. Um, uh, ideally, you'd get a uh, uh, you'd get the bye after the Darwin game, but I'm sure the club has requested that um, each and every year, and it, uh, we don't seem to get it. So that'd be my key, uh, key requests, and a home game against Essendon, which we haven't seemed to have had for years. And uh, it would be nice to get at least uh, two Friday night games. One yep. of them definitely a home game would be nice. Uh, I reckon yeah. we'll end if up playing an, over, an interstate over one. The year, yeah. That's pretty good, isn't it? Two Friday nighters and then, uh, and then Queen's birthday and... Um, Anzac Eve. I like your thinking in regards to uh, locking in a Collingwood round one um, going forward. They don't have anyone that they play round one. Um, is yep. No, they're not. You've you got the Carlton Richmond that starts the thing. Geelong usually play Hawthorne um, yep. on the Sunday. Um, sometimes they do a derby or something like that. Not always, but it'd be nice to have another big Victorian game, and I'd like to lock in uh, against... Um, against Collingwood, because you, you wouldn't think they'd do Essendon and Collingwood because they play each other a few weeks later no. with Anzac. So yeah. it makes sense uh, to us to play Collingwood. And, then, you know, it'd be good to finally play uh, in front of a 70,000-plus crowd in the round one rather than play Brisbane at the G or something and have yep. 20,000 people there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, yeah, uh, Whispering, any uh, what are your any any other key uh, wishes for you. Well, I, I'd like to have as good a draw as Richmond had this <laughs> yeah. year, but um, but they, they finished in the bottom six in yep. 2016, so they're entitled to that easier draw. We finished in the middle six, so we'll get a mixture. I, I think I, I'd like to play North Melbourne twice because sooner or later we've got, we've got to crack the hoodoo. So I'd like to have two, two shots at it again. Um, yeah, that would... Yes, I, 
I do like the idea of playing Collingwood in round one, uh, particularly they might put it up against apparently North Melbourne are playing the Gold Coast Suns in Townsville, which would be an absolute blockbuster. Um, There'll be they, dozens they, of people at that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they're they'll, hiding they'll be, them. <laughs> I reckon there'll be more cane toads than people, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, it's a good way to fit, stitch up two clubs uh, by both of them not having to play in front of home crowds. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got a caller on the line uh, Caller um, Welcome to the Demon Land Podcast Yes, hello uh, Hi, uh, you're on the air Hi, it's Demon77 How are you guys? I'm very good, thank you yeah, um, uh, Yep, uh, what would you like uh, Sorry, to talk about? So the phone's just breaking up, can you hear me? Yeah, 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 I can hear you yeah. uh, What yes. would you like to talk about? Uh, well, first of all, congratulations on all your hard work. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, just with Jack Watts, um, we obviously have to move on. Um, sad to see him go. But just wanted your thoughts. In which way do you think Port will utilise him? We know his greatest asset is his kicking skills. Now, with Trengove and Lobie being moved on, do you see him as a backup Ruckman to Ryder or and using him through the middle of the ground in patches? Because, I mean, they do have a lot of options going forward. They've got plenty of goal kickers. Which way do you see him playing at Port? Interesting. Uh, Great Viney, you want to take that one? Well, I hadn't analysed it at all um, in a way. And I don't, I'm not disrespecting your question, Demon77, but I couldn't care what he does at Port, really, or how they use him. Um, I, I, look, he did pretty well. And, you know, he's been doing... Uh, giving Max a chop out in the ruck for a couple of years now. Um, there's some sort of myth on Demon Land that he only went into the ruck when Max went down this year. But if you, if you cast your mind back do- last year... He was doing it all last um, year. He was doing it all last mm. year, and that's how good he started off 2017 too. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, uh, you know, if they utilise him in that role, but I'd imagine he'd be uh, sort of playing that high half-forward role that he did at Melbourne um, w- without knowing too much about, you know, the way sort of Port set up. As you say, though, they've got lots of options forward, so uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, where, where do you, uh, Demon77, where do you, um, what do you think? Yeah, just, I mean, like, with all the talk that Port were just about the only ones that were showing interest in him, but just, yeah, wanted to know in what role they would use him in, you know, and like we said, he's kicking the leap. So maybe through the middle of the ground in patches while riders off the ground, I guess, and then roll forward, he can do some damage. But, um, yeah, I mean, sad to see him go. I don't, you know, I wish him well. But as you've seen, the discussion on Demonlanders, the varying opinions on him. But um, what do you do? You've got to move on. And those people ringing up the radio station and, (laughs) you know, threatening not to renew memberships, it's... I mean, we're all passionate. Um, we all react differently. I guess with time, everyone will move on. But, um, you know, the, the club is looking... I mean, it's got a bright future, so we all need to jump on board and stick fat. I mean, we stuck fat during those bad times. We were winning two games a year. Yeah. I, I think that's much worse than what's happened in this situation, you know? That's the it. player being moved on. the ride. So... Yeah, I couldn't, but, um, couldn't just, agree uh, with you more. Just another point. Sure. In regards to that Peter Jackson interview on SEN yesterday, uh, you, the gentleman, were talking earlier about our possible round one fixture. Yes. Um, I thought I heard him say that 
he wasn't entirely convinced that the AFL would approve Collingwood's request um, to play us round one, and he was sort of indicating that we might be playing a home game round one against the Victorian club. That's how I think the interview finished off. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what team we'll get because North's out of the question with them playing up at Cairns. Um, Carlton and Richmond are out of the question as well. Uh, if they Essendon? deny the Collingwood request, who would that lead? Maybe Essendon or, or a Bulldog? Well, I think the idea with Essendon is that we play them the week after the Anzac um, match because they are also on a short week. So uh, it makes yeah. sense to have yeah. the two... Um, yeah, and Richmond would play Collingwood the next week, so you've effectively got all the teams playing on a short week, playing yeah. against each other, so that there's no real disadvantage there. So what, it just it just seems logical that the AFL would go for a big drawing fixture um, such as Melbourne Collingwood in round one. So well, um, what's the reason yeah. we can't play Collingwood as a home game? I oh, know because we're playing. Is it our home game? Yeah, Queen's yeah. Birthday's our home No, game. but I thought, wasn't there the... Didn't Eddie sort of want that changed, or are we still locked into that home game? Well, you can do it two ways. You can either each have a home game, or you can uh, share the gate from both games. So... But are we, for I, 2018, are we locked in? Is that our home game? Like, what's the... No, yeah, well, I don't think it's been decided. No, so we could play... So, we It yeah. could be our home game, round one, against them. And then Queen's birthday. And then Queen's, yeah, yeah. Why is that? Uh, that's not so far fetched. I understand if we were locked in as our home game, Queen's birthday, but it's not locked in. And wouldn't it be good to see Collingwood wearing their reverse strip <laughs> as, as their way side? <laughs> is that not a joke? <laughs> uh, is there well, a, Richmond? Richmond won a premiership in their canary yellow, so and they embraced anything's, it. Um, anything's possible. They they seem to embrace it, so, um, you know, all power to them. Um, Demon77, is there anything else, uh, any wishes for for the draw for you that we haven't uh, covered? Well, what, what that point you, that, you, that you just brought up, with us being the home team in round one doesn't sound too bad. If we're going to split the gates, it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah. Um, I mean... But um, do we still, are we still going to be doing the MND thing, or that could be shared by either team as a home team, I suppose, or not? I don't, I don't think it uh, matters who the yeah. home game is. Uh, that, yeah. They'd be on board to, to, to assist that and, you know, host that for the day. Um, I can't see that being an issue. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's very important that we continue to do that. Uh, it's a great fundraiser for them. They've raised a lot of money, so I can't see, um, I, you know, Eddie Maguire would, like, would keep that going, I, I'm sure. Yeah, especially to get his face on television, uh, which he just loves. But I've got a question. I've got a question for Demon Seventy Seven. Sure. Um, yes. The, the Seventy Seven. Uh, I seem to remember Melbourne in nineteen seventy seven had a pretty poor year. They finished second last. Uh, are you celebrating nineteen seventy seven for some reason? I would say you're born in nineteen seventy seven. Is my guess. Uh, yes, that's my year of birth, yes, correct. All <laughs> uh, right. Okay, well, I, I suffered during that year because we only won five games and the only team we finished ahead of was St Kilda. And, uh, yeah, it was a tough time for Melbourne supporters around that era. Yes, uh, yeah, my mother certainly suffered twice that year, but only one was a blessing, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> yeah, so Very there good. you go. Very so, good. Um, 
just part of Melbourne history. There you go. Well, there you go. Well, uh, thank you for uh, joining us uh, tonight. Is there anything else, uh, Demon 77? No, that's all for tonight. I appreciate it for having me on, guys. Oh, any, my call. Anytime, buddy. All right, thank you. Good you. talking to thank you. you. Yeah. Well, always great to uh, to hear from uh, other Demon Landers. Uh, if you want to give us a call, uh, 0390163666, or you can Skype us, DemonLand31. So 0390163666. Um, you know, we've got... Uh, about 65 people listening at the moment live so uh if you want to give us a call yeah let us know what you think about anything the draw jack watts jack cleaver anything else you want to talk about now whispering you Do you reckon you, one of those 65 is alan jackovich because he did say <laughs> that he was a fan of the show well, so i'm going to assume that he is listening yes so shout out to jacko uh good to have you with us again mate yeah very good uh, if you're jacko you want to call in nine zero one six. well he did say he d- he did say he he he's, he wants to come back on um uh later in the year uh, i'm all for that uh I actually, yep. I actually spoke to him the day after the um the podcast and he uh he did he said that again that he'd be happy to come back on so yeah we'll we'll take him up on that and wasn't that yep. fantastic that a just a great personality of the Melbourne Football Club is humble enough to bring you and thank you for the opportunity to be on the program? I, I think the reverse um, really applied to the thousands of Demon fans who listened to the podcast and read the um, articles written by people on the AFL site, for instance, and spoke about it on SE, and it was terrific. Um, and perhaps it was very timely for the Melbourne Football Club that we were talking about Alan Jakovic and uh, distracting ourselves from the Jack Watts situation. <laughs> so uh, it was probably a good thing. Yeah, and uh, Jacko did say he'd love to come back uh, if we're in a grand final. So and, and, and I must say the, the footy club, their official Twitter and their Facebook page also sort of linked to that article on afl.com.au I think the Facebook page said something about the man the myth the legend returns and they credited demon land so I was very happy that the you know official club sort of uh, acknowledged us um, and people in those um, you know in the comments section of the F- Melbourne Facebook were all sort of imploring Melbourne to to get Jacko on board get him involved some way and I don't know if he'd be up for that he seems like he's private person one of his reasons for coming on was so that he could sort of tell the story and sort of you know get it all out there and then sort of you know fade back into obscurity um but it was you know it'd be great if we could could get him back to the club in some some way even just for a one maybe we could uh you know taking our cues from the carlton hovercraft have (laughs) some kind of boat float um uh before you know before the game and he could sort of be fishing off the back of it or something like that as it zooms its way around the mcg yeah i'm i'm i'd like that (laughs) i'm sure a lot of other other fans would like that but there was like i don't know if there's anyone else at any other club or even from the d's that could generate the response 
and maybe it's because he was out of the limelight for so long. Um, you know, perhaps an Ablett, uh, 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 Gary Ablett Senior, would get that if he came out. But but you still see Gary Ablett sort of out there every now and again. You know, watching at the footy, watching his son, but he doesn't go in the media much. But all other legends, or you know, and I don't know whether Jacko's a, a legend or not, considered a legend. Um, but they're all still out there in the media. The Dunstalls, you see, even see Lockett these days has sort of had a bit of a, a comeback. Um, yeah, Lockett was was Lockett's pretty private too. Yeah, and uh, you're right, he's been back out recently. But it was a fair while. Yeah. Um, in between sort of drinks for him, I think. Yeah, so we... In terms of being in the public eye. But there's not many other players, um, you know. No, the rest of them are all in the media. Every second player and his dog's in the media these days, so it's unusual to have... uh, to have a a champion like that that um, that turns their back on it. And look, the... the, um Look, the majority of footballers who end their football careers, the majority of them, you never do hear from them again. But they they didn't have that same spark that that Jacko had while he played. Um, you know, just the, you know the amount of goals that he kicked in such a short time, the flair that he did it in. If you've watched any of his highlights on on YouTube, just incredible. So um, I it was I still can't believe we got to speak to him. Um, and yeah, I'll, that's you know we can retire now. Yep. Um, anything else, gentlemen? Uh, we got the draft coming up in a in a well, a month's time. There's not much else happening. Uh, when, when do the boys start back training? Yeah, sixth of November, according to reports. So that will no doubt be first, second, and third year players. I think it, it's restricted to, and then the older players come along a week or two later. Um, so, And, of course, there'll be a few who won't be at pre-season. I think Jack Viney's going to miss most of this side of Christmas mm. um, following his injury. Um, but, yeah, he's such a determined person that uh, I can imagine that once he does get on the training track, he'll make up for lost time. Um at least he's not in a moonbird anymore. That's promising. Mm, yeah, well, that, uh, I, I think if there was one factor that possibly cost us a place in the finals, it was losing him for much of the last two-thirds of the season. I know he played one or two games, but uh, he, he was an enormous loss. When you yeah. consider that it was the difference was two goals, uh, I'm sure Jack Viney would have made up those two goals and more. And, in fact... Might have inspired us to um, actually thrash teams like St Kilda and Brisbane instead of allow them to reel us in, um, which was really what cost us a place in the finals in the end. And of course, that Collingwood game that we'll avenge in round one. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, we get that. Um, yeah, uh, so 6th of November, um, you can follow. Uh, all training reports uh, on Demonland. We we usually have someone of the faithful down there uh, reporting back to everyone. So if you're listening to this podcast, get to from the sixth of November. Get to Demonland.com for your weekly, bi-weekly uh, training reports. And uh, Anson, is, 
if you're on, if you if you've got a grey beard and you've got a scooter, get yourself down and um, do a report. And yeah. I think everyone knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, I think so. Um, usually, someone's down there with a the camera, and you can usually someone snaps a few pictures. Everyone's got a mobile phone these days, so yep. Get down to Demonland.com. No, Demon 666 uh, yes. takes some good pics down there, doesn't he, I think? It's great always. Yeah, it's great seeing the um, pre-season photos. Everyone's looking fit and terrific uh, at that time of year. So, um. Except for Dean Kent. <laughs> mm, and uh, yeah, a couple of other players looking a bit seedy, having gone to nightclubs the night before, but... We won't name names, and they may not Cam, be there. This Cam year. Peterson and uh, and Clayton Oliver also came back in not great shape last year, but um, both uh, uh, both righted the situation very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, you know, I just I hope you know everyone once they come back, they're all focused and and ready for the task at hand. We've got a lot of avenging to do, and uh, you know, I think the I think we're all owed as supporters. Uh, you know go a little bit further. I think we should say in Cam Pedersen's defence, I think he had an operation at the end of last season and because uh, I can seem to remember him at the best and fairest uh, with yep. his arm in a sling, so yep. he probably had an excuse for not being in in full shape, you know, partial excuse. Um, Clayton Oliver didn't, but look at the season he had uh, Hopefully he's going to, or he is already treating the off-season with a bit more respect than last year, and he's going to come back and have an even better season in 2018. Well, I'm not sure if you uh, you follow uh, Clayton Oliver on Instagram. He's in uh, Fiji with his girlfriend. Yes, so he's in, he's, he's, in a, he's in Fiji. He was on the beach somewhere, and he said, despite the fact that he used sunscreen, <laughs> he covered himself in a towel, he did everything, he was under an umbrella, everything, this still happened, and he showed a picture of himself, and his legs were red, red raw. <laughs> Yeah. You'd think he'd know how to deal with the sun by now, wouldn't you? But uh, yeah. if if the worst uh, thing that he comes back with is a case of sunburn, then uh, <laughs> then we can accept that. I think well, I, I think he'll maintain the standards that uh, um, that he obviously sort of set after um, after that early hiccup. Um, I, I can't see him regressing. Yeah, neither can I. Um, so um, yeah. Uh, if the uh, worst thing is a, a sunburn, then um, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know what? I think for him, perhaps a uh, tropical holiday is not f- not for him, not for his uh, his complexion. But um, yeah, <laughs> can't wait to see him play next year. All right, fellas. Um, I think uh, I think that's all. Unless you uh, have something else you want to say, whispering. Well, no, not really. Um Hopefully we'll be back again around draft time. I don't know if you want this, if we're going to do something pre-draft. Well, that's up to you. If you're prepared, uh, I certainly don't know anything about uh, the the crop of players. But if you're prepared, I'll, I'm happy to get on with you, and um, you can give us a bit of a primer, a phantom draft, probably. Um, couple of the names of players that will be around I don't have a lot to contribute to that discussion either, but it would be nice if uh, we had some of our draft watchers like Pennants and D and WA and Chaser J could join in. I know they also pay attention to those leagues. 
all right. Or perhaps Jason Taylor could get up and tell us uh, who he's going to pick, actually, <laughs> because it's pretty difficult when you've got picks 29, 31 and 36 and 47 or something of that nature to make an exact prediction, particularly in this draft. It seems to me that there's probably eight to ten really top players who stand out, and that's usually the case. And then after that, um, anyone can go from about 11 to 35, and um, I guess it'll be a feather in Jason Taylor's cap if he can pick some ready-made players out of that group. And I don't, I'm not even sure that we definitely need ready-made players because we've got a pretty strong list as it is, and... You know, three or four blokes getting 12 months experience uh, at Casey is not going to hurt. It's going to build up the depths of your reserves and uh, and they'll be ready to come in in a year or two's time. I, I see a lot of the lowly sides that are so dependent on early picks being being just right. They end up struggling, as Melbourne did, over that period of probably 2005, six, right through to just a couple of years ago um, when we were so dependent on these high draft picks and it's it's entered the psyche of the club and, um, and I think it's partially the reason why there was so much criticism of the lever deals and the Watts deals, people talking about paying overs and getting unders. I think that's just wrong. Yep. Can you see what 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 do you think we'll be targeting? Um, what position do you think we'll be going for an, another ruck or or, or no, a key I position? Or you think we're going to stick with the the midfield runners? Runners, runners. Outs- I, I think we're looking for an outside runner. I guess we're we're all looking for players who who can kick accurately. Um, <laughs> Didn't we have but, one? Uh, <laughs> Too <Yeah>. soon. <laughs> um, but look, I, I just think players will, will have a dip. You know, hard types, um, natural footballers, irrespective of the size. Um, and maybe we might get one of these rare gems as other clubs do. Um, and it's not unheard of. Some of the better players of recent years have been picks in the 20s to 30s. So. Who knows? Yep, we'll be uh, looking forward. So I think, yeah, maybe we will see if we can put something together pre-draft and certainly uh, post-draft. And that's when we'll be back. Um, we'll be back. Uh, when is the draft? Is it late um, late November? Yeah, 24th of November. All right, we'll be back definitely before then, unless something pressing happens uh, before that. That's... Um, Thank you for joining us, uh, Grapeviney and Whispering Jack. Um, Thank pleasure, you. Pleasure talking with you. Yeah. This, um, Yes, as I said, we'll be back. Uh, you can find us, demonland.com, um, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>